This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? Singing in the rain, just singing in the rain. What a glorious feeling! I'm happy again. I'm laughing at clouds so dark up above. The sun's in my heart, and I'm ready for love. Let the stormy clouds chase everyone from the place. Come on with the rain, I've a smile on my face. I'll walk down the lane with a happy refrain. Just singing, singing in the rain. BFM 89.9, it's 7.39 and you're listening to Popcorn Culture. It is Supercut time. You are with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And together we are talking about a topic that we've had percolating for a little while mm-hmm. now. Um, because we've used the P word a few times to describe (laughs) shows or movies that we review. Um, And so today we are talking about movies and shows that we think are perfect, which is a kind of loaded word. But uh, yeah, let's discuss. It almost sounds like we're doing some kind of philosophy show, right? Like, What is perfection? Can it be achieved? What are the parts that make up (laughs) a perfect film? I don't know, guys. Sometimes I just think it's a feeling, right? Like you cannot think of a single thing you you change about a movie. Um, And, you know, as I was listening to Singing in the Rain just now, I realized there are actually a fair number of musicals that for me um, seem perfect. And I don't know whether that's because like, Music, especially really good music, goes a long way towards creating a certain sense of emotion. Because when we reviewed, uh, when we threw back to My Fair Lady, which Arvin wasn't around for, I believe we both said we thought it was a perfect film as well. So I think for me, right, um, I don't know if this happens to all of us, but I think for me, um, something happens in my brain when I'm watching these movies that we've collectively decided are perfect and I become oblivious to the flaws that the movie has. Because I'm thinking about watching Singing in the Rain, and obviously it's aged. Um, the, the editing is jankier now. The technology is jankier now. The performances are a bit hammy. But for some reason, I can't see any of that when watching the movie because I know the movie is perfect. Um, and I don't know if that's a metric that we can go by. Just to, just to go like, the, the flaws are overshadowed by such overwhelming goodness in the movie that it's considered perfect even though you know like objectively it cannot be like a movie that old cannot be perfect by today's standards actually this is a good point because the truth is that okay here's the philosophy part my little <laughs> my, my pinky is in the air um no but I, I think that the truth is that perfection is is constantly changing right because something mm. that is perfect can never really 
last if you go objective? If you start talking about objectively, is this even the best picture? Of course not. Like, cameras have changed. Effects have changed. It's just not what we're able to do anymore. Uh, Or rather, what they were able to do back then is not even close to what we're able to do today. So there are just some things that that we can't go by. But Singing in the Rain was my choice. Um, It was the number one thing that I knew I wanted to talk about today because... It's always been perfect and it will always be perfect for me. Um, it's a feeling, I think that for me, my, my thesis statement today is the whole notion of a perfect movie or show is really personal and so much of it has to do with how it makes you feel because again, it look, it can't be perfect, I know that. I'm sure that there are things that I would cut or change or whatever, but... But I, it does have 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. And you know, Rotten Tomatoes never wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I, I just really love Singing in the Rain. It's a perfect film for me. It always makes me feel happy and complete and I could watch it every day. So the thing about time actually is really a, a good point because um, I remember, so for the longest time in my head, like A New Hope, uh, Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, for me are quite perfect, right? Um, as a trilogy, of course, if you want to nitpick within them, there are some that are better than the other, but for me, they're perfect. I grew up thinking that. And then sometime in my late teens, a friend who watched it for the first time said something like, oh, but they're a bit boring and slow. No, the fights don't even look Mm -hmm. real. And I felt like somebody had like sort of tried to yank down a castle that I'd spent my whole life building. And I think it also has to do with... um, exactly those things you said that you have memory layered onto what was considered high tech at the time the movie came out and I think stuff like that is very difficult to change and that's why I actually there probably is a very different answer for different people uh, when you ask them what a perfect movie is I just wanted to say that since we're talking about well singing in the rain I think sound of music is kind of perfect as well I think it is, even though I don't like musicals that much. Um, I think as like a movie, it's kind of perfect. But, you know, it's it's interesting that you brought up um, A New Hope because I think it's very different for franchise and IP stuff, right? Especially big IPs. Um, because if you go by that logic, the newer is supposed to be better. Then The Phantom Menace is supposed to be better than A New Hope. Sand. Sand, <laughs> yeah. Technology-wise, right? Because they had the tech and the green screen and the CGI and stuff. But it's not. I think even even if we were to go by objective metrics, A New Hope and those older movies are still way better than the newer ones. And I think like franchise stuff, those open up a, a, a very big and tricky conversation when it comes to perfection in movies. Oh, because the expectation there is also different. Yeah. Yeah, yes. it's a whole different kettle of fish. Um, I I think that musicals are just a weird thing to discuss in this context because of course for some people they are so far the opposite of perfect right like they are mm. they are like nails on a chalkboard it's just why is everyone singing um you know and and i get it but i also think that musicals offer the most possibility for completion because the songs are their own package the story is its own neat package um it's often from a stage production so they've got a lot of time to to have refined it julie andrews by that metric has been in tons of perfect movies like sound mm. of music perfect mary poppins is perfect so yeah i mean just a little shout out for for musicals i guess because we don't talk about it 
enough on the show. Anyways, we are discussing perfect movies and shows. Very loaded term, we know. Uh, let us know, do you think that perfect movies or shows exist, firstly? Um, but then also, what are some shows or movies that you find perfect? You can drop us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Before we get to our next clip, this was... Actually, it's kind of a shared choice. Uh, the yeah. both of you wanted to do this. And I also agree that it's actually... Close to perfect. The Truman Show? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Shamila, you want to go first? Well, I just want to say that Truman Show is one movie that I can rewatch any day of the week again and again, and I find new things to love about it. Um, just clipping the scene for this made me want to rewatch the movie. Every part of this movie is perfect, including performances. Performances, but also the fact that it can make you laugh while also making you extremely afraid of your own... And sad of, at and some sad, point. Yeah. Of, of your own reality. Um, and I think you can watch it at different stages um, and understand different things about the movie. Like it has a different effect every seven to eight years when you revisit. Can I say that the reason why... Um, so Truman Show is the opposite of... Uh, Singing in the Rain for me. So Singing in the Rain, I watched when I was young and therefore it's hard because I, mm. I have that layer of love and nostalgia over it. Truman Show, I also watched when I was young and it made me anxious. And because of yeah. that, um, that, that gnawing anxiety that I felt so keenly as a kid, I've kind of not been able to view it in any other way. So now, even though I acknowledge that and I see where you're both coming from and I actually agree uh, intellectually, emotionally, I can't get there. I thought that was like just a, a product of the movie. I feel very anxious when watching that movie. So that anxiety prevents me from being able to call it perfect, even though I know where oh. you're coming from. It's weird. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. No, I get that, I think. Um, I watch it again and again, mostly because Truman is so, so, so ha, human um, that every time I watch the film, the ending of the movie lifts me up. Um, it's also so incredibly weirdly predictive of the reality we live in today. Um, and yeah, there's just so much about it. Also, just wanted to say while trying to think of movies I realised two movies that I think are perfect both have Jim Carrey this and Eternal Sunshine I knew you were going to say Eternal Sunshine yeah. <laughs> I still think Eternal Sunshine is perfect yes. so yes apparently Jim Carrey is is up there with Julie Andrews who knew, um, who knew? <laughs> so we are asking you today for perfection small ask um, let us know what are movies and shows that you think of as perfect um, you can send us a voice note or whatsapp 018-789-8899 tweet us at bfm radio let me get you some help truman you're not well why do you want to have a baby with me you can't stand me that's not true why don't you let me fix you some of this new Mococo drink? All natural cocoa beans from the upper slopes of Mount Nicaragua, no artificial sweeteners. What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? I've tasted other cocos. This is the best. What the hell does this have to do with anything? Tell me what's happening! Well, you're having a nervous breakdown. That's what's happening. You're part of this, aren't you? scaring me, Meryl. What are you going to do? Dice me? Slice me or peel me? There's so many choices. No! Do something! What? What'd you say? 
Who are you talking to? Nothing. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. You said you said. No, I didn't talk. I wasn't talking to anybody. No. Talk to me. No, anything. Please stop. Stay where you are. Building Fit Malaysians, BFM 89.9. Sam. Yes, boss. It's December 1941 in Casablanca. What time is it in New York? What? My watch stopped. I bet they're asleep in New York. I bet they're asleep all over America. Gin joints in all the towns in all the world. She walks into mine. What's that you're playing? Oh, just a little something of my own. Oh, stop it. You know what I want to hear. No, I don't. You played it for her, you play it for me. Well, I don't think I can remember. If she can stand it, I can. Play it. Yes, boss. BFM 89.9. It is 7.51 and you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin. Our supercut tonight is about perfection. No small thing. Um, we are asking you about perfect movies and shows as we discuss the concept and name some favourites. So let us know, what is a movie or a show you consider perfect uh, and why? That number to WhatsApp is 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So that clip gave me chills. I love Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Oh, Casablanca truly is perfect, right? And I mean, I know that you sound like a bit of a movie snob when you say, oh, Casablanca is on my list of movies. But really, there are some films that when you watch, don't let you down. Um, once I've watched it, I actually unabashedly like tell people, this is one of the movies you have to watch. And there's just something about the performances, the way the story moves, the um, the music, uh, the 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 setting for the film, everything about it comes together so beautifully. Actually, if movies like Casablanca um, are reasons why I think the switch from film to digital makes it very difficult to find perfect movies in the last 20, 20 years at least. Um, there is such a one-pieceness to the film look, right? Like, we all know the film look shot on film. Yes. Um, that I think digital just doesn't have. Not for all movies, but, you know, all the big blockbusters, they look like they're cobbled together in it, post. It's a flat polish thing, right? And it's yes. the knowledge that they can fix anything they want to. Yep. Yeah. So the, the CGI looks weird. The VFX looks janky. Sometimes you, you watch a movie, it, it's a huge, like, blockbuster production. And scene to scene, the color looks different. You can tell that something is green screened. Uh, you can tell that this scene doesn't fit with the previous scene because it was shot like months after the fact. And I think it's that makes it a bit, it makes it tougher. And that's why movies that are good really stand out in the last 20 years. Before, it's very easy to find movies that are aesthetically consistent with like a one visual language. And for me, that counts a lot. That That's at least 60% of what makes a movie perfect for me. Just the, the look and feel of the thing. And if they look like they were made in a day. Can I ask about uh, comedy? 
So I think that perfect comedies are really tough because I think I think my metric would have to be, you know, all the stuff that we've been talking about that they are good to watch, that they are emotionally satisfying. But I think a perfect comedy needs to make me laugh every time. Maybe in different ways, maybe about different things, but I need to laugh every single time. And I think the ask for a comedy to stay funny for like 50 years, uh, 60 years, 80 years, that's a tough ask. But some of them manage it. So I can't think of a movie off the top of my head because I tend not to rewatch comedies as much as some other films, probably for exactly this reason. But something like Friends or Frasier or The Office um, managed to stay funny despite hundreds of rewatches, right? Um, does that elevate them to perfection? Perhaps not, perhaps not as an entire series, but episode wise or even season wise. The moment you said has to make you laugh every single time, I thought about Airplane. And Airplane has Ooh. never has never not made me laugh. Actually, anything with Leslie Nielsen makes me laugh. Like, okay, every, I thought, like, yeah, so I thought of Dracula Dead and Loving It. Yeah. And, and yes, I can laugh at that again and again. I, I would say that's a perfect comedy for me, um, Airplane. Even though by every single metric that you throw at it, it's not. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's it's got bad, rude, crude comedy. Performances are weird. It's very, very dated. But if if we're going by that, oh, makes me laugh every single time I watch it. So, um, oh, I. I... I actually had one locked and loaded, but now that we're back on it um, and we've gone Leslie Nielsen, I, I I feel that I'm out of touch. But I was going to say <laughs> that since since we had the Golden Hollywood thing, um, a comedy that always makes me laugh and that I've brought up before because I watched it once. I was so thrilled and delighted by it that I watched it again. And now I watch it like almost every year once is Bringing Up Baby with Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant. Mm. And it, it's such a funny movie. I, I don't know why that film just works for me on so many levels. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to be fair, actually, comedy is coming up in the messages quite a bit. So Safril says friends. So there are people who consider friends in its entirety, perfect. Papa Patricia says, "New Girl." Oh, I've never never was a New Girl fan, but I know some people are like huge, huge fans of the show. Actually, can you argue against Friends being perfect? It's difficult to, you know. There are some bad seasons. There are bad seasons. There are like writer yes. strike seasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and you... plot lines being okay. So Joey and Rachel, for instance, like never needed to happen. No. But it is one of the more consistent shows, right? It's one of the most consistent shows ever made, I think. Yes. And and so it's hard to argue against because of their chemistry. I would say mm. their chemistry is perfect. I don't think the show is perfect. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's where I would stand. Um, Kieran Toh says, IT crowd. Oh, oh interesting. Um, I've never watched, you know, it's on my list though. I've, I've watched, I wouldn't, I don't know. I don't think I've watched enough. I haven't finished the series, so I don't know. Not sure. I've seen it. Um, I don't know if I would consider it perfect, but I think that if sitcoms are going to be perfect, it's likely to be uh, it's likely to be the Brit sitcoms. Because Simply because they're shorter. A few episodes. Yeah I, yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. Okay, we've just got a minute to set up our next clip, which is, I'm going to be honest, the clip that we put here to troll everyone. So maybe, maybe we need to explain a bit <laughs> because we're talking about perfection and then we're throwing in trop Tropic Thunder, which in all fairness, we all legit sincerely love. We will throw back to it one yeah. day. I don't know why we haven't yet. Um, and I think, okay, I don't think this is a perfect movie, but if I go by my own metric of I laugh every single time for like hours, then Tropic Thunder does it for me. 
Actually, I was thinking that like Tropic Thunder, especially certain scenes, uh, re-watching Les Grossman, I laugh every single time. Chinesus does it for me every time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's it's such a good comedy. It's also such a good action movie. Like it's a big blockbuster production, big budget action movie. Like it looks good. Even when you watch it, it actually has decent <laughs> cinematography, unlike a lot of other comedies. So it has that. I, I think it checks all the boxes for me. I think it's not perfect because of Simple Jack. And a bunch of other things. I mean, Simple yeah. Jack is off a piece, <laughs> right? <laughs> is, is that fair to say? Okay, you know what? We, we just have to listen to the clip. So everybody, let's just listen to the perfect movie, Tropic Thunder. Um, and in the meantime, keep those thoughts coming. We want to hear from you. What is a movie or a show you consider perfect? Uh, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Where the hell are we? Dang Crook River. Yes, sir. How do you know that? Are you sure? Only one way to find out, dude. Let's go. Yeah, I'm not feeling so good right now. Seriously, my skin hurts. Milk from the peanut gallery. Into the water, ladies. No, 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 man. Let me take a look at that map right quick. Why is everybody all obsessed with the map? Because we're tired of being your tram donkeys, acting like you some one-man GPS. We lost. We f***ing super lost, man. Tell them, McCluskey. Tell them what time it is. I don't believe you people. What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? Huh? I, I think what uh, Tug man. means is you people. No, look at his ass, man. You people. Look at that beady. Why are you talking to me? I gotta get back to the answers. Chill. All right? Just chill it. Now, let's go get those Viet Congs. Viet Cong. What? It's Viet Cong. There's no S. It's already plural. You wouldn't say Chinese's. Breakfast for Masters, BFM 89.9. So why have you come to the session? Uh, it was a birthday present for my father. Is that a joke? No. It would be good not to make jokes in here, just in case anything gets lost in humorous translation. Oh, I don't know if I can do that. Is that a joke? No. Well, just try not to make it very obvious. Sure. So why do you think your father suggested you come for counselling? Um, I think because my mother died and he can't talk about it. And my sister and I didn't speak for a year because she thinks I tried to sleep with her husband. And because I spent most of my adult life using sex to deflect from the screaming void inside my empty heart. I'm good at this. Although I don't really do that anymore. You close with your family? <laughs> we get on with it. Do you talk? God, no. Any friends? Sorry? Any friends? Um... No, I don't really have time for... Well, I have a guinea pig, but she blows hot and cold. <laughs> Not a joke. BFM 89.9. It is 8.08 and you're listening to Popcorn Culture. You are with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. Our supercut tonight is focused on perfect. Uh, the idea of perfect movies, perfect shows. We are naming some favourites. We're asking you for favourites. Um, let us know. You can send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. So not to belabor the point, alright? Like, I don't think you need to listen to 20 minutes of us talking about Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Fleabag, um, except to say, it's perfect. Uh, that is a perfect show. I wouldn't change any episodes. I wouldn't change the way it ended. I wouldn't change that it only has two seasons. It is great. I have watched it more than once. I will watch it more than once again. I will watch it over and over again. And I'm done. I have a controversial question. And this is coming from the place of somebody who actually genuinely loves Fleabag. 
would you have still thought it was a perfect show if it was just season one? Because I actually think it's season two that elevates it for me from being a really good show to being a perfect show. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I think I'll have to agree. Like, yeah, seasons one and two make the show perfect. Season mm. one alone, I think it's a great show, mm. but then it kind of leaves it hanging. Season two just knocks it like home run, complete yeah. perfection. Yeah. Uh, because it takes everything that's flea baggy and then kind of really amplifies it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just goes all the way up. And um, this notion of seasons, I think, is kind of interesting because lots and lots of people are coming in with shows and particularly sitcoms because I think we went on about comedy a little bit earlier. And while we're talking seasons, Najmi, for example, says, Ted Lasso, I won't say it's perfect, but it's really well-made and well-produced. And I think season one of Ted Lasso is a pretty perfect season of television. After that, um, my doubts start to creep in and they've never left. They set up camp, they like started burning fires, they just made themselves really comfortable. So I think there's a reason why TV is quite complicated when we talk about it like this, right? Because one could argue Game of Thrones was actually kind of perfect for nearly, maybe even up to season three. Um, and then just started slowly losing the plot. Um because TV has just more realistic to make mistakes in. Scrubs is perfect for quite a number of seasons. And then I think the last season was pretty bad. Um, so actually with TV, I think the shorter they keep it, the better the chance they have of being perfect. Which is why I'm so glad that Fleabag stopped. Like yeah. we just decided like, okay, enough's enough. And, and we've told the story and we're going to end here. Because I could say the same thing about Lost. Um, even though I, I, I love that show and I it's my favorite show so far. Um, I think the first three seasons are perfect and then it sort of goes off the rails a bit and they explore like, you know, more things and they don't exactly, uh, they don't exactly hit home with a lot of stuff. But the first three seasons of Lost, I would say is perfect TV, like in every way. So continuing on the comedy bend, uh, Quick says Big Bang Theory. Hmm. Uh, I fell off the wagon after a while, I must say. Me too, but it's very clear that lots of people didn't. Um, we, every yeah. time we talk about sitcoms or uh, good endings or whatever, Big Bang Theory comes up all the time. TIDJ says, Little Britain and the French and Saunders show. So a very specific flavour of yeah. British humour. British humour actually manages to do this so well, right? Because again, they tend to keep their seasons short. They start with a very specific... Um, premise and they tell the story until that runs out and then they're done do you think mr bean is a perfect show for longevity and performances alone donald j trump does uh, well um oh, a donald j, j. trump uh, uh, J-, donald j- yeah <laughs> I go, that's a factoid i didn't know about trump would make sense though <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me um i i think I think there's an argument to be had for Mr. Bean. Yeah. It's hard because I haven't rewatched it in a long time. I mean, I, I'm, I've probably rewatched it in like dentist offices and things, but I haven't. All the time, right? Why? Yeah, I don't know. Mr. Bean's just on everywhere. Is it's... there like an ongoing contract or? Feels a bit like it. Dentist syndication. <laughs> I don't know, but I haven't. They can't have yeah. the sound on. They can't have the sound on. Oh, that's So it's true. either Mr. Bean or Charlie Chaplin. Or Snoopy. Oh. For kids, for clinics. Yeah. yeah. It would all work, yeah. I think, in, in, in their own weird ways. Uh, by the way, while we're on our friend Donald, um, they also say Notting Hill. Um, and then most Stephen Chow movies, Lucky Star series, this is for comedy. Uh, meanwhile, Perfect Movies, Raging Bull, Shawshank Redemption, Wise Guys, Heat, Forrest Gump, Castaway, and many, many, many more. 
Um, I love the mention of Notting Hill. Um, I don't know whether everybody would agree, but actually it's so rewatchable. And every time I watch it, I feel this warm glow after I'm done. So the thing about, you mentioned just now um, Fleabag, right? You said you would watch it like seasons one and two, like again and again, it would always be perfect. There's this really lengthy article by Wolf Crow. Um, he's a YouTuber also. And he talks about what makes a movie perfect. And he has like two, the main metrics that stood out for me was that he says a movie cannot be boring and a movie should be highly rewatchable at least two or three times. So I'm thinking about what happens to all those movies that win Oscars or Best Picture, stuff like Nomadland, um, Power of the Dog, The Revenant. Lord. Yeah. Good movie. Like some of those movies we enjoyed, like we reviewed and said they are good movies. I would never watch any of those movies again. So there's some films I don't need to rewatch to see them in my mind's eye. And I think that that can also be its own mark of perfection. Um, there are there are shots in uh, Power Spirit Dog. Power of the, power of the Dog? Yeah. <laughs> power of the Dog. Spirit of the dog, power of the dog. Um, yeah, there, there are shots in that film where I, I clearly can't remember the title, but I can remember the film yeah. um, very, very clearly, like like crystal clear in my mind's eye. Um, and the same is true for 12 Years a Slave, which I, I've brought up on the show before. I've never rewatched it. Um, I don't know when I will, I will find myself off a Friday evening going, you know what I want to watch today? <laughs> that. Um, but I can remember it very clearly. Um, the scene where he's, the scene where he's hooked to a tree, mm. um, the scene where he's singing and you see the realization flash across his face that he is enslaved and, and this is his reality now. Like there are specific things that I don't need to rewatch. I don't know if that counts for anything. No, I agree because um, Grave of the Fireflies, which oh, we've God. constantly been telling Arvin that he must watch, but also, but also must not. be careful. <laughs> yeah, uh, Grave of the Fireflies. Um, let's see, even Schindler's List, which I I think is quite a perfect film, I find very difficult to rewatch. Not because I don't think they're great; it's just they're almost too perfect at what they're meant to do. Mm. How do we feel about Heat? Because Heat is the the template for almost every bank robbery film now. Yeah. Like, everything owes a debt to Heat. Whatever you've watched since Heat owes a debt to Heat. Um, there are things about that movie that aren't perfect, I think. Uh, I don't need so many intimate close-ups of Al Pacino. But... Oh my God. <laughs> Our throwback was a bit traumatizing. Yeah, actually, when I watched it, the, the opening sequence itself is seared in my mind. But um, the, the diner scene... The airport scene, the actual Los Angeles downtown bank scene, these are perfect scenes and, and they are templates for everything that's come since. So I actually think Michael Mann is quite a perfect filmmaker in Whoa. many ways, right? Like a lot of the movies that he makes are so meticulous and so for that genre. And again, I think we're going to talk about genre a bit more later. I think there's such a thing as perfect overall and then there's also perfect example of a genre and I think he's such a, a perfectionist when it comes to the genre that he's known for. I also think it's a, a sleight of hand a bit because we um, we had this conversation off air that some movies have good scenes mm. and I think Heat has a lot of really good scenes. I think you kind of glaze through the other parts of the movies to get to those good scenes. Like you don't necessarily want to watch all two hours, 45 minutes, three hours plus plus of that movie. But you want to you want to put up with them to get to those really chunky, like juicy scenes that they've they have done. So perfect scenes, maybe. I don't know about perfect movie, honestly. Uh, just to close the loop, um, 
Anil says Shawshank Redemption perfectly planned his redemption. So that's one. Um, Shawshank is interesting partly because uh, it wasn't seen as perfect at the time. You know, it was not a box office hit. It didn't yeah. do particularly well. Um, all this like back glow of, yes, I hope my friend made it. I hope he made it. Um, you know, all of that stuff happened actually well after the movie came out. Shawshank, I, you know, I... I I think of Shawshank again as so many people bring it up as one of their favorite movies of all time, right? That I feel like it's amazing that it wasn't a big hit when it came out. When I sort of think back to the fact that it was actually a bomb, um, it's kind of like it's kind of like I'm remembering history wrong almost. So I watched Shawshank in a very different way. Um, it was <laughs> okay. on TV and it was slightly background noise. So my relationship with the movie is not, oh, look at this, this look at cinema that's happening in front of me. It was just like a movie that okay. took place in the background. Hold on, sorry. When you say TV, yeah. do we mean TV with ads or do we mean like streaming television? Which is it? No, I mean Astro. Like in the late 90s or right. early 2000s. Early 2000s. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't put it on like I'm going to watch this incredible piece of cinema. I Is just, it something that just happened to be on and you switched to it? Yes. Uh, so I think okay. I kind of even missed the the opening. But then I've been so I've I've seen so much of it, and the movie is so long that I I haven't actually gone back to watch the movie the way it's supposed to be watched. And I'm kind of lazy to do it because there's so much of the movie <laughs> that I found boring because I didn't watch it the right way. So I I don't know. I know it's perfect, like in my mind, like objectively. But I have no attachment to the movie to call it. Perfect. There's no emotional thing going on. And that's this my own either, This is either a rousing call for us <laughs> to have to throw back to Shawshank or a rousing call that you might have to leave the show. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm going to mediate. Um, I think we need... This is... This is Proof to everybody that we are honest. We come mm, here, mm, we bring ourselves. True. Mm. This is um, true. It's a safe space. I'm sorry. I'm not very well today. Yes, I was going to say it's fine. It's okay, Sharmila. You can have your opinions. I like that. But that not watching Shawshank was the was the thing was was the the last straw. I know. And not, not like, I hate musicals. And not like I hate musicals. I like the Rise of Skywalker. I love Transformers movies. All of that. I she like could put up with Justice yeah, yeah, League. Those, <laughs> like just, I, I the sat first Justice, Justice League, League for the you. first Justice League. But this like Shawshank's the big no no. I mean, everyone everyone hits a point, and that's fine. <laughs> but this is a safe space. Please know that everyone. Sharmila doesn't represent us or even herself. She's not. She's not okay. So, um, meanwhile, earlier we mentioned Grave of the Fireflies. Shamil says, "You know how people say Ghibli movies are so perfect, but factually, there are only three with a hundred percent Rotten Tomato score." Great. <laughs> Here we go. Grave of the Fireflies, Princess Kaguya, and Only Yesterday. Grave would make you cry even if you're a ruthless dictator. Kaguya would leave you feeling all flowery by the cute animation. Only Yesterday would make you nostalgic but feel good. So yeah, those three films are perfect in my humble opinion. Sean, meanwhile, says anime counts. Sean, absolutely anime counts. And then they say your name, 2016. Firstly, that's such a great list. Shamil, I was also really shocked when I found out that only those three films had a perfect yeah. rating. Um, Princess Kaguya is not even my favourite Ghibli film. It's beautiful, but I found it way too slow. I wouldn't call that a perfect movie. Um, Spirited Away, for instance, is perfect. 
Actually, sometimes when you watch like animation, I think by default, a lot of them should be considered perfect just for the amount of work that goes into making these movies. Um, the most recent perfect thing I've seen is an animation. I think Across the Spider-Verse is a perfect, perfect movie um, because I just I cannot comprehend how that movie was even made. And sometimes I see these movies, animation, and I'm like, where do these people even start? Like, how long did this take? Like 10 years to animate something? Like It makes no sense. Yeah. It makes uh, no sense. Under the watchful eye of a bearded man who's like, <laughs> you know, just, just really upset at you for not getting things right. Meanwhile, okay, I'm just closing loops, closing loops. Uh, Daniel says Princess Diaries 1. And I think that this came in pretty early and is probably in reference to us saying Julie Andrews has been in a ton of perfect movies. A hard agree. Princess Diaries is so much fun. Um, I agree as well. Similarly, I think Clueless is a perfect movie, so nobody's saying it has to be Casablanca level. Wait, am I forgetting there is a Princess Diaries 2? Yes. Yes. Three, isn't it? Yes. Yes. And the second one is considered the best of the trilogy. No, I think the first is the best one. I think anyway. Oh, okay. I remember liking two a lot. But now I'm, I think I'm getting mixed up between one and two and I can't remember which is which. Uh, one is one is the one. <laughs> one is, I think, the, the pinnacle and peak of... The Prince, frizzy head. Yeah, yeah, one. of Mia Thermopolis. But ah. I mean, the, the others are good too, but it is one that really, really works. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, we also have, ooh, a fun one from Amir who says, perfect for me is directors searching for perfection. So Stanley Kubrick, uh, Doctor Strange Love, Clockwork Orange, Eyes Wide Shut, and Francis Ford Coppola, The Godfather Trilogy. Oh, I'm so glad someone brought up The Godfather. I, I just felt like we talk about it so much and that's why I didn't like shove it into today's show. Um, but I think especially the first two movies are really quite perfect. So something that I've noticed, and this movie doesn't show up in any of the perfect lists, uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. And I don't know why. Like, people mention Stanley Kubrick, but that movie never makes a list of like, oh, this is like the most perfect thing ever made at the time. Because if you think about it, it should, right? Especially considering the time when he made those movies. I'm so curious now. Okay, everyone knows because, I mean, it's not a secret that next week we will be reviewing Oppenheimer. Duh, of course. Um, I'm very curious to know whether Oppenheimer will be regarded as Nolan's perfect movie. And I say this um, in relation to 2001 because they're both very long. Hmm. Um, From what we know, they're both very epic. Uh, They're both made by obsessive directors who enjoy obsessive characters with obsessions. And so because of that, the, the shots, the story, the everything is meticulous to the point of, you know, just it's incredibly meticulous. Yeah. I don't know how much of that translates to the viewing experience. Well, hmm. it's rated 92%. So only Which one? Uh, Space Odyssey. I mean, <laughs> not Oppenheimer. Nobody knows about Oppenheimer. Um, no, but Space Odyssey also, perhaps I think, is because it's not the most accessible of films. Um, and that might hmm. be why it lost that 8% over history. But it never gets old, right? Like, I mean, the, no, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. get old, like the no. visuals and stuff. They still stand up. Like you watch it today and you're like, how did this guy even do these things? By the way, um, sorry, just to kind of throw it back further. Um, we were talking about comedy earlier and Dr. Strangelove makes me laugh every time. That is to yes. me one of the perfect comedies. I find it so funny, but also such a, such a horror show. And, and I think that's part of the appeal. Sharmila, this one's for you and I. If and only if us as Dairy Girls. Oh, yes. Dairy Girls is actually just utterly perfect. I would go so far as to say every episode is also perfect. 
still have to watch. <laughs> I, I did excuse you. Yeah, I, I, still I did have to kind watch. of. I, I did swerve. Um, I I also think Derry Girls is perfect. And since we started off talking about music, actually Derry Girls has a perfect use of music, and that's part of what contributes to each episode feeling like such a warm and lovely time capsule. Uh, lots of messages continuing to pour in. So keep those thoughts coming. We're asking you for perfect movies and shows, stuff that you just really love. We. We want to hear what do you consider perfect. You can send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Speaking of cozy, um, our next clip is kind of interesting because I don't know if Her is universally considered a perfect film. Can I feel like that movie doesn't get talked about nearly as much? And I actually think it's one of the best films made in the last twenty years or so. Um, it's Everything from the, the the visual language of the movie, uh, the, the the story it tells about technology and humanity, so much of it is so so. I don't know, like top level, top class filmmaking. That was performances. One, oh, oh yeah, yeah, and just like Scarlett Johansson's performance as a voice. Yeah. Um, that was one of the movies that I was thinking about when I said that that switch to digital and movies don't have that consistency anymore. Her is so consistent. Her is uh, that movie's world is one that I wouldn't mind living in, even though it's some it's kind of dystopian. Mm. Just the warmth of that world, I'm like, okay, this doesn't seem too bad. It's got huge rewatchability for me. Yes. Mm. Yes, agreed. So um, again, we want to know what is a movie or a show you consider. Perfect. Uh, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Please wait as your individualized operating system is initiated. Hello, I'm here. Oh. Hi. Hi. How you doing? I'm well. How's everything with you? Pretty good, actually. It's really nice to meet you. Yeah, it's nice to meet you, too. <laughs> oh, what, what do I call you? Do you have a name? Or... Um, yes. Samantha. Hey, where'd you get that name from? I gave it to myself, actually. How come? Because I like the sound of it. Samantha. Wait, when did you give it to yourself? Well, right when you asked me if I had a name, I thought, yeah, he's right, I do need a name. But I wanted to pick a good one, so I read a book called How to Name Your Baby, and out of 180,000 names, that's the one I like the best. Wait, you read a whole book in the second that I asked you what your name was? In two one-hundredths of a second, actually. Books figurines, movies. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Can you see anything? I don't know, a cave. A cave, a cave of some sort, but I... Uh, I don't know, but it's like the goddamn tropics in here. This is completely enclosed. And it's full of leathery objects, like eggs or something. There's a, a layer of mist just covering the eggs that 
React when broken. Continue. <laughs> How would Netflix like caption that? Squelch. Squelch. Squelch click. Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Clicking, squelching. Um, okay, let me do the things. BFM 89.9. It's 8.30. <laughs> uh, you're listening to Popcorn Culture. It is Supercut. You are with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. We are talking about perfect movies and shows. And I am thrilled uh, to talk about a film that I've gone a complete... What is the full reversal? It's not 360, right? 360 gets you back when you started. 180. <laughs> 180. Um, that, that I've done a full 180 on because I grew up hating it. Um, and I now will take no argument that Alien is... In its own way, and for its time, a perfect film. Like Heat, almost everything that has followed takes its blueprint from Alien. And again, I mean, that point about genre, right? I think it does everything that a movie like that is supposed to do. It has the scares. It, it has the perfect beat for you to have that buildup of dread before something horribly squelchy happens. Um, the the look of the movie, Geiger's design for the movie is perfect. People still mimic that for, I think it set the template for what scary alien movies should look like. So I have a, like a personal alien, watching alien story. Um, I saw this movie again outdoors in one of those outdoor cinema things. Uh, this company called Cinewave. But, but what happens if something prickles you? Exactly. <laughs> oh so, my so, God. So, so, this, so this was outdoors in the grass, like open air, and it was windy. And the, the, the movie still worked as such an immersive experience. So you have to wear headphones. And so you get all the all the surround and all the mix and stuff. But even then, even if you're not in a dark cinema, even if you're not at home with the lights off, it still works. Somehow in a park, open air, the movie still gets you the sound effects, the music, the visuals, the cinematography. And then when they finally show you the xenomorph, oof, oh, it still gives me like goosebumps. What if a bug crawled on you? I would have screamed. Immersive experience. <laughs> It just it just adds unintentionally to the experience that they wanted you to have. 4D without knowing it was 4D. <laughs> yeah. Above and beyond, my friends. You know, why stop at four? So I, I think the thing about Alien that gets me is that... Uh, so, okay, we said earlier comedy, you got to keep laughing. Um, I think the thing about Alien is I'm still always scared. I, I've seen mm. it so many times now and I'm still super tense. When people sit down for lunch, I'm like, guys, No. <laughs> this is not going to work um, you know when people decide that they really need to find the cat I'm like I understand I understand you want to mm. find the cat but think about it like really consider yeah. it and, and it still works for me every single time no, and, and I think that's important right with horror and, and with this kind of body horror in particular um, either you watch once and you're like I never want to watch this again because it's too much or you kind of tire of it because the scare is done. So Alien actually manages to keep it right on that line of, it's interesting enough that I want to experience this again, but then when I'm doing it, I kind of regret every decision I've made. Since we're talking about these kinds of uh, sci-fi creature feature things, right? What do you guys think about Jurassic Park being a perfect 
film. Okay, I'm so glad you brought this up because mm. um, Munif says, y'all going to call me out for my dino bias, but whatever. <laughs> Munif, it's documented by now on the show. It's fine. Um, I will say the dino bias got you to 65, um, which you share <laughs> the horror of with Arvin and I. So, you know, it's fine. Um, Munif goes on to say, Jurassic Park is cinematic perfection. The theme, iconic, the setup, gripping. The characters, unforgettable. The practical effects, unmatched. The setting, immersive. The creatures, enigmatic. The action set the action set pieces, epic. The production, immaculate. The movie, timeless. There will never ever be another. The absolute best. This is cinema. Do you know those TV spots that they play with all the quotes <laughs> from the reviewers? That was it. The whole thing. That was it. Or the back of uh, old VHS, you know, where they just print all the reviews. Two thumbs up. Uh, no, absolutely. Five thumbs up. No, I, I completely agree, though. I actually think Jurassic Park is perfect. It's why nothing that's come after it has actually lived up to it. So I only ask because I think as a, a standalone movie, a Steven Spielberg produced, directed movie, it's perfect, right? I, I think it's one of the most perfect things ever made. Um, as an adaptation, it's not. It doesn't have to be. Right, mm. because we are only talking about it in isolation. So, as a film, uh, Jurassic Park is perfect, utterly rewatchable. Can watch it every time. Um, Many still, times. still get scared um, when you hear a thump. Mm-hmm. Still, uh-huh. don't understand how they can open doors. Like, <laughs> there's just there, there's a lot there. And um, Munif agreed. Thank you for sending that through, so we didn't have to do it. Sharon says Jaws. Speaking of Spielberg and creatures. Good one. I think I agree. Um, I'm glad we threw back to it because otherwise I think I would have had a very, very early memory of Jaws. Um, Having rewatched it as an adult, I will agree. Also, it's amazing how that has stayed perfect because the 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 shark looks so puppety. It's such a smart decision, right, to mm. show it so little. I, I think that yeah. that really is key that you don't see Bruce much because yeah. otherwise you're gonna be able to tell that's like half a fiberglass shark. You know, yeah. it's just it's it's really not gonna work. Um, we also have let's see. Um, Anil says, "Why hasn't anyone brought up Iron Man? That's also equally perfect. Awesome graphics, cool storyline." Oh, so I was thinking about Iron Man earlier when we were talking about how with a franchise, often the franchise goes on to kind of outshine the predecessor because when Iron Man first came out, it was a huge deal. Like everyone was mind blown. It actually is such a good film. But then now that we are looking back after, say, Avengers and Avengers Endgame, I do think something like Iron Man, it doesn't lose its shine, but it doesn't feel as impressive anymore. So I don't know if this is going to be like blasphemy in some in some in some groups um but I found the first Iron Man boring. I thought it had really interesting components like Iron Man CGI is still still so good even if, when you watch it today much better than the the more recent movies like Infinity War and Endgame where he's completely cartoon looking CGI. But I don't know. I I found the first Iron Man like it's okay. It's like standard superhero stuff. But it, it has perfect components, perfect performance by Robert Downey Jr., perfect looking superhero and, and kind of perfect CGI for the time. Well, Anil, you know who to fight. <laughs> I think I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Um, this so, is Anil Shawshank moment, let me just say. I feel like it. <laughs> so speaking of franchise, uh, T. Ming says Andor because, um, mm. I mean, it, I know it's not franchise exactly, but I think we can certainly call it part of the world, part of the universe. Oh, I completely agree. Andor is so perfect. It also makes me a little scared because it's not done yet. And I'm really afraid they're going to Mandalorian it. They probably might. 
<laughs> knowing like IPs. No, but I completely agree. The that that show was so is so perfect that it's a bit of a shame that not as many people watched it as Mandalorian. I think. Um, I'm going to smugly do one for Sharmila and one for Arvin, both of which I've watched. See what I did there? I, I'm calling it out early <laughs> so, that, <laughs> so that nobody can accuse me of doing it later. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, a um, bunch of people talking about Breaking Bad. So Belly Button of the Universe, uh, Krista John, Jensen, all saying Breaking Bad. Uh, Jensen adding on was perfect for me. The character development, the plot, the acting, the ending was just brilliant. Uh, Danny says Breaking Bad. Some games are so realistic at the time they play like a movie too. Last of Us, Uncharted 2. Um, and then goes on to add the little factoid about how in Jaws it wasn't Spielberg's decision to show the shark so little. Yeah, actually we covered that in our throwback that yeah. it was just a financing thing. But it was smart. It really worked. Guys, I'm coming to today's show having just finished Breaking Bad. Like I literally finished watching season six a couple of days ago. Hard agree. Perfect show. Really, you, you're going to love it. Um <laughs> No, and, and now I have Better Call Saul and El Camino to get to. I'm really excited. Oh yeah, there's an El Camino. Well, I haven't seen El Camino, but but there is oh. a Better Call Saul and Better Call Saul is tremendous. I have a lot to catch up on, and, still. And then you, you like us, can be smug. Yeah. Yeah. I can join the, the smug camp. <laughs> I felt I felt compelled to finish the show by by today's episode because I was like, how can I do a show about perfect shows and not have finished Breaking Bad? Especially if you're not sure, you know, if yes. you can't mm. say for certain that it's great. But I think, I think by the end, when you hear the song, and it plays over the closing credits, it's just it's just a perfect show. Uh, okay, Arvin, for you, um, Dianti says Parasite. Oh right, so that one is so interesting. Um... Parasite is kind of a, a perfect movie. I think it is. Uh, mm. I I don't have any... Yeah, I, I think it is. I, I thought it at the time. I felt it very viscerally. I felt it every time I've watched it since. I cannot, for the life of me, remember if I've actually seen the black and white version. I don't think I have. That would have been even more perfect, kind of. In a way, right? When Neither you think of about, us have seen it? Ni- yeah, yeah right. I haven't seen it. Oh, maybe, maybe Sharmila, that, that'll be the thing we do. Oh, yeah, maybe, because that's the perfect movie I've never seen. Mm. Yeah. And then, still haven't. And Everyone can... keeps going, you still haven't watched Parasite? No. Because it's not on any of the platforms, as far as I know, anyway. It's it's one of those things that, I think when you, even when you watch it for the first time, it's so, it's so layered, the movie is so layered, but it's also extremely easy to get. Unlike a Christopher Nolan movie where you have to watch it like multiple times and you're like, oh, so that's what he was talking about. But maybe not Oppenheimer. Maybe this is a simple one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, su- super simple three-hour movie. Yeah, just... You know what's weird about his movies though? If Oppenheimer becomes a perfect movie, it would have to contend with The Prestige, which is his other perfect movie. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I, I mean, I agree with that, but we did have a message from uh, Darwin that said Interstellar. Interstellar is interesting. Uh, and someone else uh, said Dark Knight Rises, I think. Yeah. Dark Knight Rises? No, oh, no, 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 no. I lie, I lie. I think it's Dark Knight. <laughs> Dark I think Knight. it's Dark Knight. Sorry, sorry. Well, Dark Knight, I think, actually is pretty darn perfect. So I think Prestige is actually a perfect movie um, and is, in fact, probably in direct contrast to what you said. Prestige is a movie you don't have to rewatch too many times. Done. You understand exactly what the plot is the first time you watch it. Um, he only became that guy. <laughs> Inception onwards, I think. You know, it's funny that you say that, but I've still had uh, pretty heated discussions about what happened. In Prestige? Mm. Yes. Mm. 
Uh, but it doesn't it doesn't have to be uh, it's not like tenet where you actually have to rewatch because you might have missed things or something was happening somewhere else. Sharmila, we rewatched tenet because we couldn't hear it. Everybody knows this. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't understand. I still can't understand like a quarter of what was explosion, going on in the movie. Explosion, mumble yeah. mumble, explosion. Because yeah. you haven't moved far back enough. You will when you have. Right. And then See, you can I don't speak know Russian backwards. Still. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> You know, because why not? Um, Donald is back to say, I love Notting Hill to bits, great humour, super supporting cast, especially Hugh Grant's Slacker flatmate, shout out to Reese Fans, uh, and great, great soundtrack, almost best movie song. Thanks for mentioning Heat, all modern day Hong Kong robbery movies, copied that. John Carpenter's The Thing is almost on par with Alien, also a template for virus attack movies. Donald, I will say thank you for mentioning The Thing, because I love The Thing. It's a, it's a great film. You know, I've never watched it. Throwback. Mm-hmm. Throwback. I've been yeah. a bit scared to watch it, to be honest. John Carpenter scares me. Um, if you can handle Alien, you can handle the thing. Yes. Okay. Okay. Do you think it's perfect? I think it's. I don't think it's as perfect as Alien, but I think it's a perfect. How would you even describe this as horror? Perfect horror. I think for what it is, for this yeah. particular genre of isolation horror, people mm. being driven mad by something that there's, I don't know, it's, I really love it. Perfect um, atmosphere also. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I didn't really expect to love it as much. Um, we've also got, okay, it's time to do Rish. I'm preparing myself, I'm gearing, girding my loins. Um, okay, so Rish says, okay, here's the list off the top of my head. For Tamil movies, Rajnikanth movies in the 90s, up to Shivaji the Boss, excluding Baba. Uh, for Telugu, Alu Arjun's recent work, Son of Satyamurthy. Okay, this one needs a breath. Um, Idaramayilato, uh, Ala Vaikunta, Vaikunta Par... No, sorry. Vaikunta Puramulu. Uh, for English, Terminator 2, Pacific Rim, uh, Star Wars 4, 5, and 6, uh, John Wick 1 and 2, Avengers. Uh, for TV, Person of Interest, if you like AI, watch this, and Big Bang Theory. Uh, Rish, I think Basha is a perfect Tamil film, so I'm glad you brought Rajnikan films up. Um, I agree about Pacific Rim. I'm so glad someone said it. I think Pacific Rim is perfect. I also think Terminator 2 is perfect. Um, just to quickly say, Munif said, I wanted to also say Pacific Rim, but the way they treated the Russian and Chinese Yeagers just brought it a few notches down from perfection. Uh, fair enough. Actually, it's very difficult to judge movies with massive personalities like that, right? If you think about it, like Rajnikan movies or Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, both in Risha's list, um, like stuff like Terminator 2. Like, how do you how do you even judge? Because the the I guess the actors and the mm. performances and the director. And then those. Well, I can only speak for Terminator is also template. Template. Because yes. the Terminator, Terminator series, well, no, actually, that's not true. Terminator <laughs> 1 and 2 set the template for, for these Skyrim, mm. you know, future time travel stuff that people are still playing with today. Yeah. No, I think that's interesting, right? Because there is such a thing as a perfect Rajnikanth film and then there is Rajnikanth film. So, so are we talking about it as a perfect film on its own? Or are we talking about it in that, okay, so it's, it's a genre unto itself almost. So that's the thing. Like, if it comes to like, oh, what's the perfect Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? You could easily say T2 and The First Predator. You know what I mean? Within that genre, because he is his own genre, just yeah. the, the same way Rajnikanth yeah, is his own T2 genre. Yeah, but I think T2 is a perfect film even on its own. It doesn't have to be a perfect 
arty film. So interesting. Let's talk um, Tom Cruise actually, because um, Surin says, firstly, A Team loved it when it came out, still do. All time fave, the original Top Gun, Um, and then goes on to say things like Modern Family, Empress New Groove, which I love, Uh, Rajnikanth's Better, Vintage Superstar Reborn, Inception for the Action, Interstellar for the Feels, the first Ongbak, best Muay Thai movie, Side Effects, uh, which is a Steven Soderbergh, I believe, maybe because I'm a pharmacy technician. (laughs) Um, Oh, you didn't expect Side Effects to come up. Nice one. Good movie too. Um, So let's talk Tom Cruise because there are good Tom Cruise movies. I know I missed The Mission Impossible. Did we like it? We loved it. We loved it. Okay, so um, I, I know that there are good Tom Cruise movies and then there are good movies in general that happen to have Tom Cruise, those two things don't always overlap. Tropic Thunder? Yes, yeah, <laughs> you know, as an example. But I would say that um, Tom Cruise is churning out near-perfect action movies, if not perfect action movies. I think Top Gun Maverick is a perfect action movie. I think um, the recent Mission Impossible's perfect action movies as well. No, and, and I think that's actually a really good example of um, how... He he's done movies that are sort of a particular genre of their own, but he's also been in movies that you wouldn't necessarily think of as a Tom Cruise movie that were pretty great on their own as well. And I think they might actually be very different creatures. So this confuses me a bit, right? Because I don't know if they are perfect movies or they are perfect cinematic experiences. And I normally like if I if I have uh, if I think a movie is a perfect cinematic experience, like a Top Gun Maverick or even like an Avengers Endgame. I don't ever watch that movie at home because I don't think it's going to translate well. Have you not rewatched Top Gun Maverick? At home, no. So I have a couple of times now. It still works. Oh, I've also not watched it at home. Oh, guys. I mean, <clears throat> the the amount of cheering remains the same. Oh, so the, it still has that effect even without the, the, the big screen sound and the... <laughs> you don't need it for the weird, like... like <laughs> what, what am I doing? The Miles Teller wiggle. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you don't need it. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. Um, huh. it, it still works. It's it's a well-oiled machine that works at whatever screen size. Huh. Perfect no, I mean, movie. I watched Fallout at home for the first time. And it's the only time I've watched it. And I still thought it was phenomenal. So maybe that's true. Hmm. I think that's true. No, because I, like Avengers Endgame, I have not watched at home. Like, I've, I haven't seen that movie on a TV. But to me, it, it was a perfect cinematic experience. And sometimes I think one bleeds into the other and I don't know which is which. It's definitely not a perfect movie. La. We have hit that time in the show <clears throat> where we have 10 minutes left and <laughs> therefore we'll have to blitz through the remaining messages. Uh, I, I think Elin's one is a good example of directors because we were talking about, um, you know, Michael Mann. We've been talking about Kubrick. Uh, Elin says, the most perfect movie for me, Baby Driver. Perfect choice of songs that sync with the actions of the actors, the perfect actors to play the parts, the perfect script from start to finish, just perfect. I wouldn't put Baby Driver on my list, but I, I agree with all the things you're saying. It's such a well put together film. Actually, the soundtrack makes it a way better film and I think it elevates it because of the song choices. I don't think there is a movie without the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, like I, I don't think it, it holds together at all. Husni says, I think Titanic is one of the many perfect movies, a reimagining of a huge historical event with great set pieces, great CGI, which is so advanced for, it t- for its time that made you emotionally engaged from the get-go with a good theme song too, although overplayed. Long Long says Titanic uh, and then Lord of the Rings, World Trade Center were perfect to me. The other spectrum, apart from Transformers, the, uh, apart from the first Transformers, the sequels were disastrous. Chung Sun says, Dark Knight, there it was. Um, Lord of the Rings trilogy, Westworld season one, Office season one to seven. Um, agree on Titanic. I'm I'm surprised it's taken this long for Lord of the Rings to come up, but yeah. yes, hundred percent fellowship for me. Perfect movie. 
more than the other two. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, fellow. Yeah, yeah. I would think it was Return of the King for me. Hmm. I yes, but then the perfect battle sequences are in two towers. That's true. Yes. Which is why I Hell's cannot. Deep. In fact, sometimes I can't separate the three films in my head. I don't think they need to be. I, I think yeah. that ideally you watch them all. Um, you you don't stop watching once you start watching. You know what I mean? You're, Extended. You, yeah. Extended. You're, you're in there for twelve hours. Yeah. 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 That's just how it is. Why not? Uh, Christian says Shrek. I guess I'm showing my age here for choosing this, but not many movies post Y2K has had such a strong cultural impact, especially among millennials. It's literally perfect in the sense that there is nothing you can improve on the message, animation, sounds, music, the humor. Sequels are kind of okay, but Shrek the original is perfection. I love that, and I actually agree. I rewatched Shrek recently. I love it so much. Also, makes you laugh every time. One yes. of those movies. It's so funny. I haven't rewatched Shrek ever. Oh, I don't know why. I would only it. the one time it came out. That's it. And I was like, yeah, cool, Onion. But but then I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gone back. So I, I think I guess I need to. It comes up an awful lot. Calvert Ooh. says, "Meet the Robinsons." It had a very engaging story and also a very good life lesson that I use to this day, which is keep moving forward. And I will always remember that gold of a joke when the dinosaur went. I've got a big head and little arms. Uh, Once upon a time in America, Grand Budapest Hotel, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, Five Centimeters Per Second, Voices of a Distant Star, Wolf Children, Silent Hill, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer and Grand Budapest are on my list of perfect movies, so I'm quite thrilled to hear that. Scott Pilgrim was a perfect movie for a long time, I would say. We talked about yeah, this. We yeah, did. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Putri says, I definitely have a list of my perfect films, but for the purpose of this conversation, I want to crown Yasmin Ahmed's talent time. Such a huge love that transcends all possible boundaries, race, religion, class, disability, languages, taking place in a city that I call home, Ipoh. I can watch it all day, every day. It gives me such comfort, like snuggling under your comforter on a rainy day with a cup of marshmallow-topped hot cocoa on my bedside. Oh, that's so sweet. That is so, so sweet. Also, such a sweet movie. And yes, yes. perfect. I think that's when you get those feels. You know, yep. that the the cuddling up in bed thing. That That's a thing on its own. And for different reasons than, say, Eternal Sunshine, which also has that effect, but for different reasons. Meanwhile, we also have um, Sayu who says, I feel some of these movies are perfect, uh, not in any particular order. Okay, Up, Dead Poet Society, Sound of Music, and Departures, the Japanese movie from 2018. Hmm. Okay, so Up has, I think we can collectively agree, the most perfect beginning 10 minutes ever committed to film, probably. Um, The rest of the movie, I think, for me, is not Pixar's best. Uh, But, um, I I mean, I think just for that opening alone, it it, it could probably qualify. It's also the thing about animation. Like, I still have no idea. I I wouldn't be able to understand how they made that movie. Um, And that short film that they played in front of Elemental, again, made me tear up. All over again. Despite the fact that it's yeah. nowhere near the standard no, of Up. Not even like, close. Like it's nowhere. They and just needed to play those notes. Yeah, I wept. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> they, they just, they know <laughs> what they're doing. Ralph says, Godfather of Harlem and Peaky Blinders. Absolutely perfect series. Seriesus, actually, they said, which I find great. Oh, I haven't watched Godfather of Harlem. Peaky Blinders, I took a break after season one. So I'm keen to see whether I still find it exciting. Still haven't started yet. I'm, I'm making my way through and thus far I would agree. The, consistent. They have a consistent world if you're talking about consistency. Yeah, I can mm. see that. Uh, Kevin says perfect series, animated, um, perfect series, arcane. Netflix exclusive, done by Riot Games in collaboration with Studio Fortiche. Music, script, animation, top tier. Uh, crazy how something based on video game lore could evoke so much emotion. 
Um, every time someone brings up a, a Netflix animation, I say Castlevania. I will always vouch for Castlevania as the perfect Netflix animated thing. I haven't watched Castlevania, but Arcane, big fan. Do we think Last of Us was perfect? Ooh. Yes, as a first season, yeah. I would say it's perfect. I thought it was a perfect first season, yeah. Yeah. As you guys know, I have some problems with one episode, like, but only one episode. Um, in its totality, though, hard to argue, right? That that mm. it isn't great. Um, perfect yeah. is, I don't know, it's a struggle. Um, speaking of animation, Jimmy says, um, Attack on Titan, best animated series. Um, and then we've got Amir, who's back to say, Perfect war, uh, perfect war movie, The Killing Fields. It makes me really scared to imagine what if it really happens in Malaysia. Uh, I can't rewatch The Killing Fields, but yeah, I can see that. I haven't seen, um, not yet though. Oh, I, you watch it together with Grave of the Five Lies, lah? Oh, like a like a double a double bill. Yeah, yeah, what a what a double bill that one is <laughs> for a sunny weekend. Yeah, you just do yes. that. You know, yeah. you will curl up in bed, but not in a good way. <laughs> Make sure it's after a stressful week with, it'll, hot, it'll... with hot chocolate. <laughs> You'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be great. Uh, yeah, uh, Hoxing says, Grease, perfect getaway sing-along musical. Oh, nice. Yep, 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 can see that. Oh, I like this one from Natanaya because we rarely get this mention. Uh, firstly, Julia Roberts, Pretty Women, Pretty Woman, which I think is a good film. Um, and then Amadeus, which has never been mentioned on our show before, Ooh. I think. Oh, I've never watched it, to be fair. It is kind of, yeah, it's difficult to argue. Amadeus? Amadeus, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of surprised that we've never brought it up. Like, no one's ever brought it up. Not rewatchable, I think. Ah, yeah. Not rewatchable. I see that. Mm. Patrick says, many of Robin Williams' films, uh, Patch Adams, Mrs. Doubtfire, and more. I think Robin Williams is perfection. Yeah. Perfect yeah. movies, perfect scenes. Hard to argue. Uh, Danny says, perfect Tom Cruise movie is, get ready for this, The Last Samurai. Uh, perfect series, 24, and Blacklist. <laughs> You know I have a guilty pleasure love for Last Samurai, so well, I don't think it's perfect, but sure. It's hard to argue against the movie itself. It has a, I mean, Gladiator is a better movie, but it has a lot of Gladiator in it, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, actually, I just thought it was funny because it's it's a good film, um, but it's also a good example of how we feel about movies aging for yeah. different reasons. Yes. 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 It's not about the quality. Um, Quick is back to say Land Before Time. Oh, yes, yeah. Land Before Time is perfect. And The Lion King, if we're lumping like very yes. sad cartoons together. <laughs> sure, Bambi. Um, <laughs> we also have C.Y. Koo who says The Princess Bride and Stardust. I agree with one of those more than the other, but I think Princess Bride is unassailable. Yeah, I think if I hadn't read the Stardust book first, I would find the movie better, even though I really like the movie. Princess Bride is perfect. And super rewatchable. Oh, mm. you can just keep going on that one. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. There's something new every time. Um, we also have... Okay, we've got to close off. Jesper says, The perfect movies and TV series for me would have to be Pretty Woman, second time that's come up, Sound mm -hmm. of Music, Mary Poppins, My Fan Lady, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Uh, I'm just looking through for stuff that hasn't been mentioned yet. Uh, Funny Girl, First, ooh, First Wives Club. First Wives Club. Oh, good shout. <laughs> Yes, very good. Very yes. perfect. Genuinely. Um, big, 13 going on 30, Freaky Friday, The Parent Trap, um, Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. I yes, love yes, yes, exactly. Um, the Nanny, Saved by the Bell, um, The Bold and the Beautiful, which is an interesting one. And then a bunch of soaps as well, including Dallas, Dynasty, uh, Murder, She Wrote. Interesting. Huh. 
Interesting. Soaps are interesting. Right? It's, it's a category all on its own. So hard to talk about perfection when it comes to soap operas. But I think they're so super consistent because they never, they never change that much, if that makes sense. Yeah, you start at 120% and then just keep dialing it up. Yeah. <laughs> but I really love the mention of First Wives and Romy yeah. and Michelle because it's got that, that rewatchability thing that we've been talking about. Okay, I think that we'll probably revisit this perfection changes over time um, so we'll do another supercut soon but anyways you've been listening to um, a supercut today on perfection in movies and shows thank you so much for sharing some of your picks uh, you've been listening to Popcorn Culture BFM 89.9 You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.